Hey, Jackson, it's December. Yeah. Uh, how's school going? Uh, it's going great. It's going great. Uh, I've got to do a presentation on Attack the Block and the Goonies or something. So, you know, couldn't be better. Well, you know what that means for the podcast since it's December, right? Shit. No. It's game of the year time. Fucking kill me. No, I can't. I can't do this. I have, I've played, hang on. One game this year. Oh, and it was Metal Gear 5. <laughs> it was Metal Gear Solid 5. Ground Zeroes. <laughs> well, I mean, we still got to do a podcast, Jackson. I've only... Look, I've only played... I, I have played about 12,000 iOS games, and I've played some other stuff, but I, I can't do it. I can't do another Goaties. I can't... I, look at me. I can't do it. Not one more time. I've got an idea. Welcome to Abnormal Mapping episode 57. It is, as you might have guessed, our end of the year deliberations in which we're actually not going to argue about what game is best, but instead celebrate good music. Why? Because we haven't played many 2016 games. Yep. I'm your host, M. With me is Jackson. Hello. Welcome. 
and uh, taking us into this podcast was a Retrograde from Tales from Borderlands by James Blake. Uh, Tales from Borderlands, the best last good Telltale game. Yep. Uh, it is sad how true that might be, but yep. you should go play that immediately. The, they have a but like every episode has a cold open. That's from the last episode, which of course we picked that one because it's the sad one. Yeah. Um, don't go watch the video of that unless you've played the game because it's full of spoilers you don't want. <laughs> oh yeah, no, the cold opens are like over story stuff. <laughs> yep. Uh, but that game is legitimately amazing. I'm sure we'll talk about it later in this very episode. Yep. But uh, what we're here to do, instead of uh, talking about a specific game, we're going to pick songs. Uh, this is part one of two-part podcast. We have, uh, this one's coming out mid-month on the, what would that be? That would be the 16th? Yes. Yes. And uh, the second part will come out on the 30th? Around then. I'm not going to look at my calendar. The last Friday of the month. Uh, So please enjoy. We're going to break this up into segments. We'll be pitching to the game music, talk a little bit about the games and uh, the music themselves. Uh, And then uh, in between, we're going to talk this episode about our favorite old games of 2016 and our least favorite games of 2016. So look forward to that. Um... Our first set of songs. Jackson, do you want to introduce them? Our first segment of music uh, is three songs from some video games you may have heard of. Uh, the first is... Uh, I'm, I can't. Okay, this is rude. This is evil of you. It's from The Witcher 2, composed by... What is it? What the, how the fuck do you pronounce that? Uh, Christoph yep. Wierzynskiewicz? I, I, I could tell Christoph, but man, shout out to Poland yeah <laughs> um uh but uh that's from the witcher 2 will be taking us taking us in and then the song is did you say the name of the song uh, i think so i mean let's say it again if i didn't uh it's a nearly yeah no peaceful i don't remember place. <laughs> yeah, yeah a nearly peaceful uh, place from the witcher 2 then uh oak Vale from fable by russell shaw uh which fun fact about fable uh all of the fable soundtracks come up as by danny elfman but he only composed the main theme and it's fucking awful yeah jackson played me that because i've never played fable <laughs> this song is great that uh elfman theme is some of the laziest work danny elfman has ever done uh, yeah and then uh, uncharted small beginnings by greg edinson from uncharted that 3. is from uncharted 3 specifically i did not put that in our document unfortunately unfortunately but no that's from uncharted 3 before they changed composers uh, yep. Uh, Uncharted 4 does not appear on here, even though, uh, spoiler for next episode, I like it the most of all the Uncharted's, because the music is not as good. Yeah. Straight up. No, I feel bad. Greg was on a podcast. Uh, Greg, my buddy Greg. Uh, Greg Evanson was on a podcast uh, talking about the Uncharted score. I was like, I hope they bring me back for the next one. They didn't. <laughs> That's so sad. I know. Uh, but, yeah. Bring the sad Polish music.
with Small Beginnings. Uh, Uncharted 3 is a game that's full of peaks and valleys, but that opening, uh, that song's from when you're young, Nathan, and you're running around. Uh, do you remember where that city is? I don't remember now. Shit, no. I can fact check, but... No, it's all right. We don't okay. need to fact check. This is a podcast. This is but a it's podcast, damn right. South or Central American city. I remember that part. Yep. And that is the... I haven't played four, but it's my favorite part of all of Uncharted. Yep. There's some Kid Nathan stuff in four that isn't as good as that, because that stuff is some of the best Uncharted thing. Um, the, the Kid stuff yeah, in four is him older with the nuns or younger with the nuns? I don't know. He's with some nuns. It is... It is uh, younger because he has not yet run off to be like a thief out in the world. Oh, yet. right. Because he runs away from the nuns. Nathan yes. Drake, everybody. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I think actually that might be the best uh, character description of Nathan Drake. Nathan Drake, he runs away from the nuns. <laughs> but uh, this podcast isn't just to celebrate the uh, modern classics of orchestrated music. You know, the ones that try to emulate film scores and have a big budget and clearly some... Uh, you know, some actual work with musicians went into. No, we're here to celebrate chiptunes too, which is why this next segment brings you the greatest chiptune song in video game history. Thank you. 
If you didn't know, that first song, the uh, actual worst chiptune song, is uh, the main theme of Alex Kidd and Miracle World by uh, Tokihiko Owabo. Uh, it's terrible. It's fucking terrible. <laughs> it's so Me much. and Jackson can't, oh. like, every time we think about it, it gets stuck in our heads, and we hate it. We hate it so much. So the only salve was the actual right answer for the best chiptune song in all of history, which is Tata Heights uh, from Koji Kondo for Link's Awakening, the greatest Zelda theme of all time. Yep. It's so good. Yeah, they just did a variation on the Zelda theme that is way better than the actual Zelda Overworld theme, and... Uh, I, they've never really used it again, never really ruined it. It's yeah. great. There's like a techno remix in Smash Brothers, but that's it. Yeah, no, this, Smash Brothers is like the only place where good video game remixes are weird. You know, uh, well, you know, there's some good OC remix stuff. Yeah, okay. I don't know. I went looking for other versions of Telltale Heights on the internet to make everyone sad, and I succeeded. <laughs> Oh, sure. But I, I showed you that video of the, like, 80s rock opera queen version of the opera from Final Fantasy VI, Oh, that's right? true. You did. You definitely did. Yeah. I have listened to that Black Mage version a lot. <laughs> nope. Uh, but no, uh, we, we do really like the old music here, which is why this next block is all old music. Uh, the first song is from Mega Man 3. This is one of Jackson's picks. It's yes. Magnet Man by uh, Yasuaki Fujita. Um, Mega Man 3 is maybe secretly the best music in Mega Man, I feel like. Maybe. I think so. Actually, I would agree. Uh, I have a lot of like, feelings. Like, 2 is, like, classic, but I think 3 has, like, the good sleeper hits. Mm -hmm. It's really good. I don't think 3 is, like, a very good game, but it has some of the best music. Yeah, no, I would say that 2 probably has, like, the higher highs. Like, there's nothing on the level of Wily 2, obviously, in um, mm -hmm. uh, Mega Man 3, but the the base level is much it's so much higher um and then we have did you pick this castlevania this song? is from me because i played yeah. i have played a lot of castlevania one this year just like loading it up randomly and just playing till i die which is always in the third zone with the fucking flea men oh, okay uh this is a level song then uh this is level two Okay. Uh, this is Wicked Child uh, by Kinuyo Yamashita and Satoe Terashima. Um, I don't remember Castlevania well enough to know which uh, like part this played in. Uh, you will know this as the time you die all the time because it's the first time there's uh, jumping over bottomless pits. Okay. I think I could probably get through level two without too much effort. I, I can now, but I spent so much time like just like running through level one like vampire killer no problem then this song plays and then i get through the first two stages and then there's one screen of jumping puzzles and it's hell and then our last song is uh from castlevania 3 uh the japanese version uh yes. akumacho densetsu because uh that game had a sound chip in japan that is amazing and is some of the best uh nes sound that has ever existed uh, the song is Mad Forest uh, by Yoshinori Sasaki and is the hottest jam. Thank you. 
Like, you were right, that is the, that's the best, that's... I don't know how many games they did that for. Like, is this the only one they just made a sound chip and put it in the cart? Cause... Yeah, this one, I think, specific... Like, this chip was developed specifically for this game. Uh, there are other games with, like, specific sound chips. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is the only one that has that, I think. Because I, I love, like, this era of sound chip music, but... Like, nothing it really occupies this midpoint between the SNES and the NES, uh, like, sound design in the way that this uh, this game does. Yeah, so there's, there's some good it. stuff... There's some good stuff on Turbo Graphics if you want, like, a sound that sounds in between those two things. Yeah. Um, like... Sega had system like the uh, like the Mark III version of the Master System had like sound chip capabilities that were really cool, but it sounds so different to this like NES version because Sega consoles always had a very unique sound to them. Yeah. Uh, but I guess before before we move on to the next musical segment, one of us I don't know which one I haven't been told who's going to do it or how angry I'm going to get <laughs> is going to go down the lists of. Um, uh, like the, the the best or worst games they've played this year. All right, let's do. Let's get out of the way. Let's talk about the worst games we have played of 2016. <sighs> All right. All right. I want to. I want to be specific, at least for me. I can't speak for Jackson, yes. but uh, I played a lot of games, and some of them are like itchios and really small games that are like super short, and sometimes they're busted, and sometimes I don't enjoy them very much. But I'm not here to pick on like single creators making small games. All of the games that I'm picking are relatively large games that I paid money for. <laughs> uh, and to that extent, I think those are much more open to critique on these games are bad, or even if they're not bad, because there's a game on here that I think is actually very good, I just found bitterly disappointing, is just bitterly disappointing. Yeah, oh, I'm so mad. Jackson knows what it is. Jackson, what's your first bad game? I don't actually know what you picked, because I think you told me a couple weeks ago, but there's There's two on here that like occupy similar spaces. I don't know whether to get into how bad... Um, Dead Rising 3 is at this point. <laughs> oh, right. Dead Rising 4 out now. Do you own it yet? Have you bought it? <laughs> no, I'm not going to. I've, I think I got through without ever subjecting myself to that. Like, maybe eventually I will play it and make myself really sad. But um, we'll get into more of this next time, uh, or maybe later in this podcast. I don't know when we're doing this segment. Uh, but at some point, we're going to discuss our favorite games that we played this year that are not from this year. And Dead Rising is definitely one of those for me, the first Dead Rising. I love it to to pieces. I wouldn't recommend it to humans, but if you're me, good. Dead Rising 3 is like the completion of them taking away all of the identity of that game. I mean, that's clearly not true because, you know, Dead Rising 4 exists. But uh, I think actually the reason Dead Rising um, 3 is so disappointing is there are a few things that I actually really love about it uh, that are... Specifically, it has one of my favorite story twists from this year uh, that should have been the coolest shit ever and is is not because that game's bad. My first worst game is Uncharted 2. Uh, I played through all of the Uncharted this year and uh, I actually liked liked most of my experience. Uncharted 2, though, is a bafflingly bad game in which, like, all of the signposting is terrible and the game is, like, at least the PS4 version, I don't know about the original, but is, like, buggier than the rest of the games and, like, would just kill me randomly for no good reason. It has the most, like, heavily scripted sequences. It's, like, five hours too long in the back end. It's just it's just a disaster. I hate it so much. You didn't even to, like, finish it because of the blue guys. No, I, had to, I didn't even get to the blue guys. I ended up watching the rest of it on YouTube because I hated the game so much. 
Um, oh, I remember! You were in the city the bit right before you get to the like final area, and there's that one level that seems to go on for about three years, and then you yeah. looked up how long you had ahead of you, assuming it was like an hour, and it was like five. And yep. you just saw the rest of your evening and that life slip away from you, and all therefore delete the local content immediately. Yep. Uncharted is at its worst when it delves into fighting weird supernatural dudes and its dumb, like, escalation final moments. That's why Uncharted 4 is the best. It actually has a pretty quiet ending. Uh, it's really good. Yeah, Uncharted 2 is a game that we both despise, but in this really interesting way where, unlike most games which are bad that people really like, I understand, like, where the appeal is. Uncharted 2, nothing. I just don't understand why it was this one that caught on. Yeah, no, because, like, I've played all the other Uncharted's, and they're all better. And everyone's like, no, Uncharted 2 is the best one. I'm like, you're all fucking high. <laughs> yep. Jackson, what's your best next worst game? So my next worst game is uh, another a similar uh, entry in terms of I played a bunch of games, and then one was really disappointing. But this is more uh, me getting annoyed with Sonic 3. Not Sonic 3 and Knuckles, but specifically Sonic 3. Uh because it's bad it's so bad i played through sonic um up to adventure this year i didn't quite finish adventure because that has about uh, six different routes and all but one of them are awful i've mostly enjoyed 2d sonic like sonic 1's okay sonic 2 is really good sonic cd is really good I, I like all that stuff and then sonic 3 is made when they realized that they were really popular and cool and this was the good game for good people and they just just shat the bed completely every level goes on way too long there's no sense of flow anymore it's all attempting to like be this big spectacle in a cinematic way that it can't even begin to pull off like a, the, and not even like in an interesting way it's very similar to the things that I assume people like about the game are similar to things people like in Uncharted 2 except 20 years before. Well, I guess, yeah, Sonic 3, it's bad. You gonna pitch to me? You're just gonna, you're just gonna let that Oh, hang. right, yeah, no, I guess I should pitch to you. I guess I should do a segue like this is a podcast made by humans. What was your uh, next worst game? My next worst game is a game that I paid money for on Kickstarter because I thought it was such a good idea. It is the 2016 indie darling VR sequel already out, Super Hot, uh, which I know people like a lot of. It's like a really good concept, but I think it's like a really good concept for about 20 minutes, and the game is like four hours long and has like this framing story that is like baby's first like meta textual cyber story. And I just found it like really off-putting. It it feels like a game that is convinced that it is really cool, and it is just not. It's just, it's just not. It's uh, it feels like a game made by people who like hackers and are dads. It is. That's why I like it. Like I, I did, don't disagree with any of your criticisms. Like the tone of that game is definitely off-putting, shall we say? Uh, but you know, I like found that endearing. It's fine. There's also the part where like I think it. It, like, kind of runs out of ideas way before the actual game ends. Oh, uh, sure. I, like, messed up that final level a bunch. Um, or the one with the triangle, you know, around the place. But I, I don't know. I really yeah. like that game. I think it's good. Yeah, no, I just, it just didn't gel with me. Yeah. So, Jackson, these were unranked lists, but let's pretend this last one is your worst game oh, I didn't, of 2016. Oh, I didn't know we were doing it in that way. Um, no, this is all a bit. I mean, I picked the one that will make you maddest to last because that's what I did, but... Okay, so my worst game, technically in the, the narrative of this bit, um, 
is a game that I played on the recommendation of uh, one Dylan Schneider, uh, and it turned out that I, ha I hated it. I hated it. Dylan was like, "Hey." You haven't played a shooter in a while. You should play Battlefield 4. The campaign's actually really good. So I loaded it up and I played it and it's fucking awful. I hate Battlefield 4 so much. <sighs> so if I only know what Battlefield is from Giant Bomb, Quick Looks, and TNTs, <laughs> explain to me why Battlefield 4 is bad in a way that other Battlefields are not. I've not played another Battlefield, so I could not do this. So maybe all okay. Battlefields are bad. But what was bad about this one is it was, uh, like, it's clearly in the... Um, post-modern warfare like style of campaign where everything is um you know uh like heavily scripted you have to wait for the person to get to the door for the door to open so you can go through the door and follow them uh loads of bits where just there's infinite waves of enemies and if you go a second too fast you die if you go a second too slow you die you just have to stay in the exact right spot and who you're shooting doesn't really matter all feels very empty in that way uh the story is atrocious there's a point where this is really fucked up point where you just watch two people die and like you and a uh, like commander have an argument over to whether to save try to save them because like oh they're lost already and it, like it just focuses on their the like sadness of their death in this really like, edgelord gross way and then that kind of like tone goes throughout the campaigns i don't know maybe it's just all of these kind of shooters are bad and this is just one i played and i'm being unfair to it because uh someone was like hey you might enjoy this and i just bounced off it completely but fuck i hated it so that's Battlefield 4, but I guess there's no avoiding it. The worst, uh, categorically, objectively, <laughs> science-proven, <laughs> worst, uh, worst game no. that I have played <laughs> in 2016. I'm going to go down your list and read out games you're saying this is worse than. Look, I understand, like I said, this is a game that is objectively fine. Like, playing it, I don't even dislike the game as, like, a video game, but what it represents to me is so, like lazy and uninspired and dull and frustrating that I just can't get on board at all. And that game is Metal Gear Rising Revengeance. Fucking quitting this podcast. Look, wait, <laughs> as a platinum game, it's fine. As the sequel to... Metal Gear Solid 4 that let's pick up the story of Raiden it is like someone defacing a museum piece like I get it if you like hate like joy or art or if you hate Metal Gear like Metal Gear Rising brings the fun back to Metal Gear but as the sequel to Snake goes off to die the world is ending everything is sad we're gonna have Raiden like complaining about how he lost his arms again no I, I like all of this it's like the most sloppily written piece of trash. I think you're forgetting what it's actually the sequel to, which is Ryder in the hospital waking up and finding out that everything that bad that happened to him was a trick and he is with his son and happy forever. Like, this, Ryder's end in Metal Gear Solid 4 is one of the worst things in the Metal Gear Solid series. Sure, but like, I don't know. Like, I, I would love a new game or... There was a point in my life in which I would have loved a new game that picked up from Metal Gear Solid 4 and had something to say, and this game just doesn't have it. It has, like, a cartoon villain out of DMC, and I know that that's backwards in how those games were released, but I don't care. This is how I played them and know them. Like, everything about this just feels like, oh, we're just going to do, like, the punk rock take of Metal Gear, and I hate it. I think it's so gross. I think the irreverence doesn't fit into, like, what Metal Gear's earnest storytelling is a lot of the time, and... It just doesn't work for me. Like, it's a fun game to play. 
Uh, I don't think it's like particularly inspired when games like Bayonetta exist, but like it's better than Vanquish. Like, sure, I, I'll give you that. I would be interested to, to see what you think of Transformers. I mean, I, that's a, that's a plus game, so I think you're right. Yeah, like I will play it. Um, I'm, I bet I would like it more because it's not tied to Metal Gear. Like, if this game was called something else, I would like it a lot more. Mm-hmm. But as specifically the sequel to Metal Gear Solid 4, I think like I just can't get. I just don't like it. I, I feel repelled by what it's about. Uh, like, I get it. I get it. Like, this to me, this game addressed a lot of the problems I had with Metal Gear Solid 4's ending and the way it wrapped everything up so neatly. But yeah, I like I understand why you bounced off like this, but you you know, you're wrong. It's okay. I don't want to quote Dan Riker, but I'm about to quote Dan Riker. Oh, that's gonna definitely... One of, the things, one of the things I like about Metal Gear Solid is that it's grounded. This pirate crackdown's a go. It, mean, like, it means something that the villain Metal Gear Solid 2 used to be the president, and now he's in a Dr. Octopus suit. Like, the fact that the final boss of this is like, oh, I'm a corrupt senator, but also I'm like a huge like behemoth man. It, like, it, it just feels so goofy on purpose. Like, I don't need no more heroes in my Metal Gear. You, like, you're right, but this game is grounded in such a different way than Metal Gear is, because I guess we're just going to do this for a second. Uh, because, unlike... So, Metal Gear Solid 4 is uh, them doing like post 9-11 bullshit right but it's not post 9-11 it's post arsenal gear because everything in the metal gear solid universe is filtered through four layers of law and metal gear rising attempts to strip that out like they they talk about 9-11 they talk about the iraq war they talk about all these real world things and actually try to contextualize the politics of the game in a way that humans who haven't played 50 years of video games can understand so i like i think there is a way to see metal gear rising as an attempt to uh while making it more cartoony, also ground it for like an audience that hasn't played all the other games in a more specific way. But I, I get it. Yeah, but if that's the case, why is it the sequel to Metal Gear Solid 4? Why not just make a new game? Brands. Like, you... Yeah, no, like, I get it. Like, that's why I say it's the most bitterly disappointing game. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's a fine game, but I hate everything about why it exists. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I want you to play uh, Transformers, because that's the next... Like, that is that, that team... It's got identical yeah. menus, the same director, it's the same team, everything. Uh, it's what if that game, but we took out the um, parry system and we just replaced it with Bayonetta's Dodge. Yep. So let's actually get into some music again. Yeah, let's get back to the good shit. <laughs> we, have a, we have a good big segment coming up for you. Uh, let's get back to modern games. Uh, first off, we have the theme from Last of Us from Gustavo Santolaya. Uh, we have Lower Hospital from Alien Isolation. Uh Composed by Christian Henson, Joe Henson, and Alexis Smith. We have Firewatch's Stay in Your Tower and Watch by Chris Remo. And we have the theme from Left Behind, the DLC from The Last of Us, again by Gustavo Santolaya. Um, these are our Paranoia Hour. Please enjoy. You may be asking, why are there two songs from The Last of Us in here? Well, you'll listen and be like, oh, that's exactly why. Yeah. <laughs>
Last of Us, great game. Please play it. Uh, if you don't want to play The Last of Us, at least play Left Behind. Like, read up on what The Last of Us is and then play Left Behind. You can get that standalone, right? You 100% can. It's, like, it will play totally fine. Like, there may be some stuff you don't understand, but whatever. Like, I, yeah. It is a uh, really smart, uh, like, short game. I'm glad they're doing more of those. Yep. Uh, so, our next bit, we want to give you the best old games we played this year. Yes. Uh, these are games that just didn't come out in 2016. Uh, they could be Game Club games. I have a couple Game Club games on mine, anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, they could be games that we did uh, videos of on our website. With the, I have a couple of those. I have one of those. Um, no, I have two of those. Yep. Uh, but, anyway, uh, these are unordered. We're going to do five each and try to keep it brief, not like last segment where we argued about metal gear rising for too long i know i'm in the, the only person who feels that way i get it jackson what is your first best old game dead rising uh the first one the, the first dead rising i love its pieces it is a um game the captures through its like weird time mechanics and uh the design of its mall the like r- weird uh specific tension that often occurs uh, in like zombie movies and stuff of the mundanity of survival in a way that few games have even attempted to even like survival games that focus on that kind of like niche uh, it just achieves something really stressful that by staying on top of it the accomplishment is very satisfying and makes me feel at peace the game that sold a thousand HDTVs <laughs> yeah, you, they put it on the PC this year you still can't read the text <laughs> great uh, my first best game, if you've been listening to any of the podcasts this year, it is The Witcher, which I mean both in the first game and the entire trilogy, which I played this year. Uh, the Witcher is great. Uh, if you want to talk to me about The Witcher, hit me up on Twitter. I could talk to you about it for hours. The Witcher is great. The Witcher is great. Please enjoy The Witcher. That's all I have to say. Like, I, I, I'm talked out of The Witcher. Link's Awakening. The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening. Uh, I played both Link to the Past and Link's Awakening this year. Takes you've heard a thousand times before, but Link's Awakening takes everything that is great about Link to the Past uh, and infuses it with this like melancholy tone and like surrealism that is... Uh, just improves the, like, the structure of Zelda so much, makes it way less bland. Not that Link to the Past is a bad game. And it was also the first uh, Zelda that I played like without a guide to make sure I wasn't missing stuff. I just, you know, it is small enough and manageable enough to the point that you can poke at it where that is possible. Uh, and I, I loved it. I, I love it so much. You should play Link's Awakening. It is perfectly playable in 2016. My next best old game is Freedom Planet, the best fake Sonic game that you will ever play. Uh, I have a Let's Play up. You can watch that. Uh, it's a really good game. Um, there will be music from it the later on in this uh, very episode. That's all I have to say, really. Freedom Planet's great. There's a sequel coming out. I hope it's good. From that, my one of my best games from this year is Sonic the Hedgehog 2, which is the second Sonic the Hedgehog game. And it is the one where they figured out how to make Sonic the Hedgehog good after Sonic 1 being really bad. Put a put a fucking fuckboy fox in it. That is not why Sonic the Hedgehog 2 is good. It's good because they figured out, oh, we can do level design without 4,000 tiny, slow platforming bits and then needless deaths. Okay, but there's also a fuckboy fox. I mean, yeah, you can also fuck the fox. <laughs> you know what? Hang on. You just talked about the furriest furry game from Furry Town, and you're going to come to me? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I know. But, like, Freedom Planet exists because Sonic exists. I'm not saying there's not a lineage there. What is your okay. next game? 
My next game is a game club game that we played this year, Final Fantasy IV, uh, which is a game that I had bounced off of every time I played it until we played it this time, and it just clicked really well, and I ended up really loving it. I think the stuff it does, you can go back to the episode, is just really strong. It's a very simple game, but in that simplicity, I think there's like a real power of storytelling. It's booked well, like in the wrestling parlance, and I appreciate that. My next game is Table Tennis Touch which is an iOS game that I've played a bunch on iPad where you are playing table tennis. There's not much to say about it other than a few years ago they made this game where their idea was what if we made a tennis game on iOS but you swipe to hit and it felt really good and they they, blew, they knocked it out of the park and it's great. And because it's an old iOS game that they just kept updating, uh, you pay like $3 and then it's yours. As opposed to new iOS games where you have to remortgage your house in order to get energy. My next game is another game called Game Hitman Blood Money, which uh, we recorded an episode back in the summer. Uh, if you don't know what Hitman is by now, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, go listen to that episode. Uh, it is a cool game, and something about its like sense of humor, I think, is the thing that stuck with me most. Uh, I don't know if I'll ever play that new Hitman, just because I've seen so many people talk about it. I'm not sure if I, I feel like wrung out with my interest in that game, even though I've never touched it, but I'll always have Blood Money. Yeah. You can go play Hitman Absolution. I'm not going to do that. My final game for this for this mini-segment, uh, halfway through the list, is a game called Pure Pool, which, it's a pool. It's pool. They made pool, as they do on all the systems, they make pool, and this is the one I played, and it's great. Uh, it looks beautiful. It has... I, this, they haven't included it in this soundtrack, uh, in this, this podcast, but it does have this amazing, like... Um, the the PlayStation smooth jazz content that you want, Gran Turismo, eat your heart out. Uh, it's great. I like it a lot. The AI is garbage, but whatever. You're there to... This is on both PS3 and PS4, right? It's on PS3. Uh, no, it's on PS4 and Xbox One and PC. Uh, yeah, but I thought there was an earlier version of the same game. It's basically the same game. I think it's got a different name. But like this is okay. Or am I thinking of Hustle King? I think I'm thinking of Hustle King. This might be the Hustle King's people. I don't know. Okay. I know that they, these people have made the pool get they're like the pinball arcade of pool, but they call them new okay. games when they like update the engine. Alright. And then my old game is a game that I had even played before but had not revisited since it was new, Majora's Mask 3D. Uh for the 3DS. Uh, Majora's Mask is... Uh, I can't wait for Jackson to play it because it is the game most in the spirit of Link's Awakening and uh, is probably the weirdest, best 3Ds. Maybe not the best, but it is the weirdest, most interesting 3D Zelda. It's very good. With uh, those five games out of the way, we're going to get to our next music segment. Uh, we've got a whole bunch of JRPGs for you now. Please enjoy the next five songs. Within the Giant and Terra's theme from Final Fantasy 4 and 6, respectively, both by Nobuo Uematsu, uh, Scarlet Scar from Yakuza 1 by Hidenori Shoji, and then, Jackson, do you want to tell me what this trash is you put in this break? Look, you, you, you walk into my house, you insult Metal Gear Rising, and then you're like, oh, hey, what's this Digimon shit? Uh, <laughs> uh, so from uh, Masafumi Takada uh, we have two songs from Digimon Cyber Sleuth and there are two for a very good reason there's A Day in a Detective Agency which is the first one which I don't think is as good a song but is the most that illustrates how much in every single way this game is just there hasn't been a persona in a long time quick 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 get it out the fucking door um, yeah, it's shameless. It's uh, that that one made me laugh. The second one is actually the second one is like the really good song. Uh, it's called Positive Pop Girl, um, and it's yeah, it's just a, just a song that plays in one of the dungeons. 
and it's it's good. I recommend the game a lot. I mean, not in if you're like actually going to play the new Persona next year, but if you have time for a B tier JRPG that has all the menus in the same font because they couldn't hire anyone to do UI design, then you could do worse. You could play Star Ocean.
damn, Persona 5, right? Who's ready? I'm ready. <laughs> Are you? I'm actually not ready. I'm not ready at all. For some reason, I have no enthusiasm for Persona 5. Yeah. I don't know why that is, but it it's is. It's because uh, uh, we're both people who, if anyone, if enough people on Twitter are talking about something, we don't hate it, we just switch off. We just stop caring. Yeah. Uh, we have five more best old games to talk about. Jackson, do you want to go first? No, your turn. I went first last time. Okay. Um, this game... I technically finished in 2016, but played through like half of 2015 also. It is Fallout New Vegas. God, that was a decade ago. Ooh, I'm sinking into my chair. (laughs) Uh, Fallout New Vegas is the only Fallout game of the modern era you need to play. Let's be real. It's really good. Uh, If you like Obsidian RPGs, if you like the writing of Chris Avalone, Fallout New Vegas is great. Uh, The Honest Hearts DLC is hot garbage. Just know that going in, it's some fucking colonialist trash. Uh, Masquerading as a critique of colonialist trash, but doesn't actually get there. That's my favorite kind of colonialist trash. (laughs) Um, It's uh, it's a really good game. I like it a lot. Uh, Since Fallout seems to never be interesting again, might as well enjoy this last Fallout. Yep. Okay, my next game is Mega Man 4. But could just just say Mega Man. I played a bunch of Mega Man this year, and we'll be continuing next year with the Morning Mega Man series. Life stuff got in the way, but we will return. Uh, and uh, it turns out I really like Mega Man. My journey with that is that Mega Man One's okay, Mega Man Two is great, Mega Man Three is a bit shit, and then Mega Man Four is where it gets like becomes what I now think of as Mega Man because I'm playing through all those games. So fuck off if you don't have the charge. I need that charge. I didn't use that charge for so long, and then I started using it, and my world changed. My world yeah, changed. No, it's really good. Um, it's really good. Once you got the slide and the charge in there, then you're ready to go. Uh, Mega Man is fantastic. I love it so much. I'm excited to finish uh, up the, the first six games. And then I just have an infinite Mega Man games to pick out until I die, because I'm never going to go through all of them. Yeah, no, there's too many. There's way too many. So that makes me happy. Uh, my next game is the last one I have that we did a game club of. It is... Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic, the secret best Mass Effect game. Talk Which, uh, about, if, like, backhanded compliments. You know, if you you go back to our episode, I had a lot of problems with this game. We kind of talked, like, a lot of mess about it. But, like, as far as I'm concerned, as, like, delivering a Star Wars RPG, I think it does the best I could ever expect a game to do, except for maybe Knights of the Old Republic 2, which we will eventually play. Uh, and so does not appear on this list yet but uh i find myself like really fondly remembering that game and so when i went down this list i'm like oh nice little public has to be on here uh i i'm glad that good star wars exists even if it's like a janky ass rpg from over 10 years ago now yep uh i i look back on it a little less fondly i think that if only they had tried to make a star wars rpg like three years before like pre uh like prequels hmm I didn't mean, I meant in terms of video games, not in terms of Star Wars, but you're right. I need the prequels to be there for Star Wars to be recognizable to me. Oh god, we can't do this now. My next best game. <laughs> We're gonna talk about this off the mic because the idea of a, like, only the special editions are out, let's oh. make a Star Wars RPG oh. is amazing! Oh. My next best game is Metroid Fusion. <laughs> Uh, it's the only Metroid game I've played, and it's fucking fantastic. I love it to pieces. I need to play some more Metroid. Holy shit. Just the sense yeah. of, like, or you can listen to our game club about this, but the sense of loneliness and, like, tension that you get on that uh, on that station is so good. I am so happy that there, there's some Metroids to play, because there sure aren't any more. I just want weird, hey, we made fake alien. Um, 
my next game is probably the lone Wii U entry of everybody's lists. It is Yoshi's Woolly World, which is the warmest, fuzziest game that is secretly really hard sometimes and is a really good platformer. Uh, if you have a Wii U, check that out. I know there's that 3DS version coming. That's not out yet, right? No. no. Okay. Um... But I can't imagine playing that game that's not on, like, a beautiful TV screen since it's so dependent upon, like, its weird, intricate details of its world and designs. Maybe it'll be fine, and if that's the only way to play it, play it. It's, like, a really good game also, but it is adorable. And uh, some of its music will be featured in next episode. Please look forward to that. I actually have another Wii U game. It's Devil's Third. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> but I did, I did. Didn't that come out this year? No, that was last year, but I did play some Devil's okay. Third. Wow. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> it is the game you describe Metal Gear Rising as. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I get that. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, best old game next on the list. Uh, we've got three to pick from. I'm going to pick Dr. Langerskov, the Tiger, and the Terribly Cursed Emerald, A Whirlwind Heist. The very first uh, Crows, Crows, Crows joint, which I believe is directed by William Pugh and written by Jack DeKit. And uh, there's... Go to Crows, Crows, Crows. They're a cool studio with a bunch of people. Um, it's got... That's a free video game. There's no reason not to play it's it. It's 20 minutes long. It's completely free. It's fantastic. It's so funny and, like, charming and really aware of the amount of work that just goes into making video games, uh, like, objects that can even, like, not be set on fire every five minutes. I like it as a companion piece to the beginner's guide in terms of how... Like you follow up the Stanley Parable, because one uh, goes deep diving on like the actual process of being a creative person, and the other one goes deep diving on um, what it is like to make games as things that exist in the world and the labor and that has to be like put into that. And it's it's great. It's great. Just just play it. It's a good time. The next game is a game that there is video of. I don't actually think I put those videos videos up. It is Castlevania Chronicle, the PlayStation remake of the original Castlevania which is a weird, super hard version of Castlevania, but I like it a lot. It is Baroque in a different way to Super Castlevania 4, where Super Castlevania 4 was all about, like, let's use the SNES technology to make, like, all these rotating sprites and weird bullshit. Whereas Castlevania Chronicles is just, like, we want rocking CD music, we want it to look really beautiful, it, like, looks much closer to a game like Sim for the Night than anything else, and just plays like original Castlevania. It is a delight. I love it so much. My next best uh, game from the uh, before 2016 that I played this year is The Room 2, the final, I assume, Game Club game from our selections. It... Uh, yeah, I have, a, I have a future Game Club game on here. <laughs> Yep. Yes, you, yes, you do. <laughs> yes, you do. A close future, some would say. Yeah. Uh, and it is the best room game. It is uh, like 90 minutes long, just a perfectly crafted 90 minutes of incredibly simple puzzles. That, I mean, they're not, they're not like simple, but they, uh, what is the word? Like they flow really well. Like it's all, it's not very taxing. It is a game that you play for the rhythm of solving the puzzles rather than the challenge of figuring out the solutions. Uh, and the tone and the world that you travel through while doing that and it's great it, go play the room it's out on piece uh the room too obviously and the room one as well but uh it's out on steam as well so it's more accessible than just on ios but it's it's available go get it go get yourself some room my final best old game of 2016 is rise of the tomb raider uh the sequel to the tomb raider reboot which i did not like at all uh yeah uh 
by Crystal Dynamics. Uh, this game is like on paper, I shouldn't like it. It's a sequel to a bad game. It's still kind of like an open world, like Far Cry inspired survival crafting game. But by embracing the fact that Laura is just like Indiana Jones meets Bayonetta, she'll murder a thousand men. It doesn't give a single shit. And by including the fact that you can actually raid tombs and solve puzzles again, it manages to be like a perfect game to blow like four days getting really deep into. I love it a lot. I think it's like, I don't, I would love for someday Tomb Raider to become the thing it used to be, but this was a pretty good game. Nice. I'm so excited to play it. We are going to be uh, talking about Tomb Raider next month. Yeah. Uh, you were last best old game of 2016, Jax. Could it be anything other than Tales from the Borderlands? Uh, the best game no. of 2015, the best Telltale game. Uh, it is the best Borderlands game by a country fucking mile. And it's probably not my favorite Telltale game, but it's it's up there. Uh, it's like I have a lot of soft spots of The Walking Dead. I never got into like the adventure era of Telltale. Yeah, yeah, I, I like Sam and Max season two is probably my favorite Telltale game. That's the stuff of Telltale that I really want to dive into. But no, uh, in terms of modern Telltale, it is the best expression of the possibilities of that uh, form to me, and it's just mm -hmm. stunning. It's stunning. It is. Um, in, this is a weird kind of uh, kind of take, but it is like the new Metal Gear Solid 2 to me in terms of how it engages with its fucking stupid audience and tells them to get over themselves with the Handsome Jack stuff. Uh, yeah, I get that. And it it's so much more explicit than Metal Gear Solid 2, also, which is saying something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, and it is a, this really nice like exploration of um, just so many things like. Uh, it is a cool fake Rashomon uh, like tone piece of um, just weird genre shit. It is this exploration of like the cycles of masculine abuse with the way Reese interacts with his boss and his boss interacts with like the gangster, like all those characters who just shit on each other because that's what men do. Uh, and it, like this, I could talk for hours and I probably one day will like write an essay or make a video about it because I love it so much. But it's great. Go play Touch the Borderlands. Right, and with that, we go into our next music break. Uh, we have here uh, Step Careful, which is Lexi's theme from Read Only Memories by Tumelo. Uh, we have I Heart You from Heart and Slash by Michael Chait. Fortune Knight from Freedom Planet by uh, Strife and Wolf. And Speeds from Fly Wrench by Daedalus. Please enjoy this whole mess of good electronic music.
And with those four songs out of the way, we are here at the end of this episode. Jackson, how do you feel about our journey so far? It's good. It's good that we've got no more podcasts to do this year. Yeah, no, we don't have another one of these coming up in two weeks. Oh, no. <laughs> in the meantime, if you have questions for us, if you want to talk about your like favorite things this year, uh, shoot us an email, podcasts at abnormalmapping.com. Is that with a plural? Is that podcast or podcast? Podcast at abnormalmapping.com. Uh, Thank you. We will... Or you could hit either of us up on Twitter. Yeah. Jackson, what is your Twitter My handle? My Twitter handle is at headfullsoff. And uh, I am at EM underscore being. Uh, I talk a lot about... I'm talking more about video games these days because I'm depressed and don't want to talk about the state of the world. So instead, I am live tweeting every game I play, basically, instead. It's good. I, uh, please I enjoy like that. I like it a lot. The game's content is here. I'm tweeting fucking nine tweet change, chains about anime business, so kill me. <laughs> Yeah, you've become anime trash. That's the secret best game of this year. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm so annoyed that I couldn't include some anime themes in the soundtrack thing, because it would be honest. Um, I mean, you've got that fucking Digimon shit in there. Look, it's not all the Kuroko Nobasuke themes, which are all the same song to the point where one of them isn't and then becomes the same song halfway through, and it's one of the best jokes in 2016. As we go out, please enjoy this to-be-continued-ass theme with Lost in Space from Deadly Tower Monsters by Patricio Menezes. Uh, that game's on PSN, or if you have PS Plus uh, for the PS4, it's a really good game. Uh, it might show up in my best of 2016 list. We will do in two weeks. Please come back for that. Enjoy some great tunes. There will be more tunes ahead. Have a good time. Merry Christmas to Jackson and to everyone listening. <laughs> Thanks. Um, Christmas will be over by the time we record again. That's so. true. Actually, no, we will probably end up recording this shit on like Christmas Eve because that's who we are. Uh, we can give a fuck. Have a good time, everybody. Goodbye. <laughs>